welcome to another Cloud Consulting Journal. I'm John. I'm here with Aaron Creer of Hat Trick Consulting. Aaron, how are you doing? I am well. Are you? Very good. Thank you. So I met you through Twitter, and um, it was interesting to hear your background. So can you tell me a little bit about Hat Trick Consulting, what you do, and what it's all about? Yeah, so we're a Salesforce consulting shop. So we help companies with administration development uh, training services. So anything from brand new implementations to folks that are already on the platform um, and helping them optimize and enhance what they already have. Okay. Um, do you have a particular type of customer? Do you have an industry or a uh, we don't uh, focus specifically on any industries right now. We we have a lot of uh, folks in the health, um, healthcare, and biotech, bioscience space. Healthcare um, and biotech just kind of happened that way. It was wasn't intentional. Uh, so right. we work a lot of different industries, uh, a lot of different size companies. Um, we do more on the SMB side than we do with enterprise. We do have some enterprise customers. Okay, but we work with folks that um, you know have pretty mature orgs. We also work with folks that, you know, maybe it was the director or VP of sales or marketing that actually set up their org and has kind of been acting as their admin for the, right. you know, uh, time being and just kind yeah. of get to the point where they know they need some really specialized support. That, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, people draw the line to industries a lot. For me, the, the line between small business and enterprise is huge. And uh, I've only really dealt with enterprise I looked a little bit into small business. I realized that's like a whole different ball game because um, you do run into situations where you have like the VP of sales setting up the CRM. So have you seen anything like that and noticed the differences? Yeah. I mean, a lot of those companies on the smaller side that, you know, where they didn't have say, uh, you know, a dedicated Salesforce admin, you know, kind of try to teach themselves how to do it they're definitely not taking advantage of the platform as much as they can. So to me, right. they're not getting value out of their spend. Um, right. There's also, you know, a lot of what I would call technical debt, you know, even though it might not be anything, you know, uh, major, it's just things that are definitely done wrong. Um, right. That, you know, hacked together because they just really didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. A lot of stuff we take for granted, I guess. Um, I guess going back a little bit, how did you get into Salesforce in the first place? So I first started using Salesforce probably about 14 years ago now or so, somewhere around there. Uh, I was an inside sales rep. So I started using it as an end user, making calls, you know, creating opportunities, converting leads, um, and then became a, a sales manager and a director at a bunch of companies and literally became that accidental admin at a few of them just really started teaching myself how to do more with it. Um, good, good examples. I had a, a, a boss at one point where uh, every Friday at 4.30, he wanted to have a call to review, you know, the week. 4.30 on a Friday, I want to log out, go have a beer and start my weekend. So I hated these calls. So I just started teaching myself how to do simple things like create reports to make sure I didn't forget to do stuff so I could get him the answers that he needed like super quick and just get, you know, get these things over with. So as I did that, um, at the time, I was working actually for a Microsoft partner and as a sales rep. So I would go to these conferences that are similar to the Dreaming events. They were like SQL Saturdays of what they were called with our consultants. And I'd watch them go up there and speak. And, you know, it was kind of cool to see people like rush up to the podium after and talk to these people like they were almost famous. And 
you know, I, I really, I really thought it was cool and had always wanted to do something technical. I had no technical background at all. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'd love to do that with Salesforce because I, I really like this platform. This is way before Trailhead. So at that point, I think the only option was to fly to San Francisco, you know, drop several thousand dollars to take their admin course. That was really the only way you could do it back then, which just didn't make sense. Um, so I kind of continued in the sales world for almost a decade. And then uh, about five years ago, I just knew I wanted to change really like the platform, thought I could really help companies adopt it and enhance it and get more value from it and decided if I'm going to, we're going to do this now. I'd always wanted to have my own business. I said, I'm going to do both at the same time. And I just kind of rolled the dice and went for both. <laughs> That's pretty gutsy to go from not knowing it to just starting a business around it. Uh, you must've had an entrepreneurial heart to begin with. Yeah, I definitely did. And I, you know, I was pre-marriage, pre-kids at that point. So a much different situation than, you know, some folks are in it now, but um, I got really lucky. My first customer ever was um, a foundation that was uh, part of the Buffett Warren Buffett's family. They were my first customer. I kind of took them from uh, paper and Excel into Salesforce to run one of their organizations on. And they were a great reference for me and helped me really, you know, grow my business. But I also learned a ton as part of that. So, yeah, I was able to, you know, very quickly i kind of get involved with one of the local user groups um they were doing a platform app builder um study group so we met once a week at a bar had a couple of beers and learned a, a topic and uh, it was a great way to learn but it was also i met a lot of great people there that became mentors to me and really helped me accelerate very quickly interesting this is the second time you've mentioned beer being as a, mo a motivator for you just noting that yeah, it, it helps. Okay. Um, you mentioned uh, you learned before Trailhead, and, and I forget how when Trailhead came out. Um, it, it really has been a game changer. Um, without, you know, without it, I kind of forget what that world was like. Um, so how do you go about training yourself now and, and doing that learning? And do you have a discipline around Trailhead? Yeah, so uh, I've, I've been doing it um, pretty regularly. Um, I've done it kind of in conjunction with some projects I've taken on. So when my first CPQ project came about, I had to go learn CPQ. Um, my first Pardot project came out, I had to go learn Pardot. So those were definitely the first two places I went. Um, there's also some great blogs and some great YouTube channels for you know, just both of those two examples. So not only, you know, Trailhead does great for certain certain modules, certain trails, certain topics. They're really good with the hands-on things. Other ones, there's some gaps there. So I think combining that with those uh, other resources like blogs and, you know, the YouTube channels, uh, even following people on Twitter, like, you know, just automation, you follow Jen Lee, uh, people like that, like you learn a ton and they direct you to other great resources. Um, that's really helped, but uh, one thing that really helped as well was studying for the certs. Um, mm. Made a concerted effort. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to get certified. You know, I got my admin. I think within three months of you know making the career pivot, I had been a sales director for ten years. I had been an admin for two, so I went to take the sales cloud uh, exam. I thought I was going to cruise through it. I'm like, oh, I must know all of this, and 
no, I didn't because there are areas I had never been exposed to. So I think studying for those, um, you're going to learn, you're going to be forced to learn areas that you might not have been exposed to as well. Yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting as a consultant, I found the, what used to be, um, 401, right. The dev cert was harder, was easier actually than the admin because there was just a lot, a lot of admin stuff I was doing in consulting. Um, but the dev stuff is more of the things that consultants get hired to do, right? Creating right. custom objects and uh, all the other stuff uh, that goes into it. Um, do you have people working with you at Hattrick or is it, is it just you or? Yeah, we have a small team. I still do the bulk of the work myself. I have a, a small team that like I, I don't do any code. So I have folks that take over the Apex, Visual Force, Lightning Web components, things like that. Yeah, um, I've worked with some. Uh, internal folks. I've worked with some external contractors, uh, just depending on what the bandwidth that I have myself is and what the topic area is. So, right. um, you know, in the past, I've before I knew how to do Pardot, I would hire um, you know folks to help me with Pardot projects, things like that. Yeah. Are you still involved with user groups? Yeah, so I run the the Lowell, Massachusetts admin user group. Um, okay. So I do that. Uh, I also am one of the co-organizers of Northeast Streaming, which is mm -hmm. an event we're having. Uh, in person in April in Providence, Rhode Island. So we uh, started it three or four years ago. We did it in New Hampshire for the first couple of years. We're going to rotate it around New England. So okay. obviously the last two kind of got pushed with uh, everything that's going on. So we're back in action in Providence uh, in April. Providence in April. Very good. Um, for anyone who's never been to a user group, um, what goes on at those and um, what should they know before going? Don't be intimidated to go. Um, there's going to be people there that are brand new that might just be looking to uh, change their career, may not have ever touched Salesforce, and just somebody introduces to it them to it, and they go just to see, hey, maybe is this for me? Um, there's really, really intelligent people there that might be the speakers presenting the topics where you you can definitely learn a lot of things. And then there's a ton of networking that goes on, um, whether it's people introducing you to folks that might be able to help you on the career side, you know, people that are hiring. Um, you know, we always, in my group, we always have a quick couple minutes of, you know, who's looking to hire folks, who's looking for a new job. Um, what other resources can you direct people to uh, for whatever they're trying to improve in, in their career? Okay. Okay. And is there like a, a vow of secrecy or anything or is it? No, very, very relaxed. Um, okay. you know, try and make it fun. It's not, not too stuffy. Um, you know, try and rotate topics, get different types of speakers, you know, make sure it, it engages the audience. Um, you know, I actually met, so the, the company that hosts us, um, I actually met them. I was just speaking at Dreamforce and one of the employees there went to my session and when I just, we started speaking and I said, Oh, I was thinking about, you know, doing a user group and she's right in the area that I was in. And she's like, Oh, I can get you the space. So something as simple as that can, kind of open doors for you. Right. And anyone who's on Twitter or any of the other or uh, social media outlets like LinkedIn will know there's a bunch of dreaming events. Um, is that a user group on steroids or what's going on at these events? They're, yeah, they're a lot bigger. Um, there's, uh, I don't know how many there are around the world. I've, I've been to dozens around the world. Um, they're, really yeah there take a user group meeting which typically will have anywhere from one to three topics you know some of these have are multi-day some are single day 
there's multiple tracks going on. So there may be an admin track, a developer track, a nonprofit track, things like that. So uh, things for end users or like business ex executives. Um, so you can learn a, a lot of different things there. Um, some of them, depending on which one you go to, some are more focused on development, some are more general. Um, there's one specifically for nonprofits, um, but they're really good. You know, so again, same things you're gonna get, ton of networking, um, ton of learning, and generally a pretty good time. Yes. And have you traditionally gone to Dreamforce? Has that been? Yeah, knock on wood, I've been lucky enough to go since I got in the business. I've spoken there um, every time I've gone. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's it's nuts. I mean, this year I uh, I was invited to go. This year they did a small group invite only. It, um, it was maybe a couple thousand people as opposed to the hundred and seventy thousand plus it normally was. So very very different, but. Um, that can be an overwhelming week for anybody that's not been there for the, you know, if they ever get back to that scale, you really got to right. plan out your, your week of what you want to hit. Cause there's no way you can hit everything and try and make the best right. use of your time. Yeah. So you were at the invite only Dreamforce. Um, I asked this on Twitter and I got some interesting opinions. I'd like to hear your opinion. Do you ever think there will be a traditional Dreamforce like we've always known it again in that tens of thousand people in San Francisco shut down half the city, Metallica or whoever playing um, the whole nine yards? Or will it be forever modified, uh, even if the and when if when the uh, epidemic uh, pandemic goes away? I think it's going to be split geographically i think it'll get back to some sort of large scale but um just kind of what they did so i was at they had another one in new york a couple weeks ago that i went to right um, so I, th I think especially just the folks from europe i think they're going to try and do something over there um just to make it a little bit easier hopefully those things can grow to scale i would i would love it if it got back to what it was i mean it is truly overwhelming and um obviously the cost is not cheap if you're trying to get a hotel in that area that that week for sure same thing with flights but um i i'm just kind of looking at what they're doing spacing this out geographically and same thing with the world tours so i wouldn't be surprised if they kind of scale it down maybe it gets to you know 50 70 000 in san francisco or they do one in new york london wherever and kind of right. spread it out a little bit interesting it'll be interesting to see how it goes i mean i've always someday they'll write a book about the salesforce marketing team and the things that they've done has really changed the industry, I think, you know, and um, it'll be exciting to see what goes forward if we go back to traditional Dreamforce or not. Um, you started your own business. Um, not a lot of people do that. A lot of people go into consulting. But if someone's out there watching this or listening to this and, and thinking about it, um, what advice would you give them? Uh First thing would be figure out what you don't need to do yourself. And I wish I did this a lot earlier. So I started doing this maybe within the last year where I actually, so I run my entire business out of Salesforce. I, I have my projects in there. I all my tasks, my time entries, my invoicing and everything. So I started actually tracking how much time I spent on non-billable items. So everything from, doing invoicing to marketing to podcasts like this will be an entry in there tonight. Um, 
just to see like how much time am I really spending on things that are non billable? And does it make sense for me to just outsource some of those things to open up my time? Because if you're, you're running your own business, you're, it's the classic thing. You're too busy working in the business to work on the business. So obviously you got to go find projects, land the clients, get the contract signed, create the project plans, go do the work, make sure clients happy, do your follow-up. Then you're doing billing. You're doing, you know, find, going to find the next one, you know? So it all kind of snowballs together and it can be really difficult to kind of split your time. And there were times where, you know, I had tons of things I had to do and didn't have the time to do, or other times where I was spending a lot of time on the business, obviously less billable, less revenue coming in. And you feel guilty about that, but at the same time, you have to do both. So right. finding that balance is, is something that I wish I could have done better when I first started. Right. Yeah. I asked uh, Genevieve Varigan in the first episode, um, and her suggestion was to get a good accountant because she started trying to get do it herself. Yeah, you know, get a uh, get a great contract lawyer so you can you know have your contracts done and kind of set you know um, to give to your clients. Um, you know things like marketing. Does it make sense for you to hire somebody to do some you know do some of that sort of thing for you? Um, if you're not like I, I had a sales background, so, you know, me pitching a customer, you know, potential customer being able to close that deal, that part comes kind of naturally to me. I think other folks, especially if they come, you know, from more of a, just a tech background, that might be really intimidating to them. So it doesn't make sense for you to maybe hire even a part-time salesperson to help with that piece of it. Right. I mean, I tell you, lawyers and accountants and marketers, probably the worst people on the planet, but we all need them, don't we? Absolutely need them. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> very good. So um, what do you do when you're not uh, working and how much of this work stuff consumes your time? Uh, it consumes a ton. Um, obviously doing the work. I, I travel to a ton normally on uh, speaking at the dreaming events and Dreamforce and all that. That's one way I get customers. Uh, so I do a lot of travel for that. Um, when I'm not working, traveling, I have two young kids. So spend time with them. Uh, love to golf, love to play hockey, love to ski. So sports is definitely up my alley when I have the time. Very good. Um, that's great. Um, one thing on your website, it says you do admin dev and training. Um, how much of your work do you think is split between those three things? Um, Training is a piece of almost every project we do, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a, a new implementation where you're actually showing people that have never used it before how to functionally, right. you know, convert a lead to an opportunity, things like that, or um, building new new apps or new automation where you have to train the end users on, on new functionality or even admins on how to do a better job of just being an admin under the hood. So right. training is part of almost every project we do. Um, admin to dev is kind of split. Um, cause I, when I say dev, I still consider, you know, declarative development part of that. So, you know, things like yeah. building custom objects, building flows, um, you know, there's a lot less done at least uh, on our projects with, you know, apex lightning web components just because flows enhanced, you know, grown yeah. so much recently. Um, so it's probably, you know, 50, 50 between those two, but you know, training is always a part of it. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah, train. I think the first thing to go sometimes in budgets is training. It's like the worst thing they could do is cut training. Um, yeah, um, we do 
you know, we kind of work with the customer how they how they think their team will learn best. So sometimes yeah. it's live demo, other times it's recorded videos that we embed in their org. Um, you know, util, utilizing things like in-app guidance now where you can customize those and kind of when you have a new feature come out, when they log in, they can kind of be prompted and see a little quick video of what to do. So I think there's more options now than, you know, just somebody sitting in front of a screen or in a classroom, um, you know, kind of being demoed or lectured. So I think that's helped a bit with that. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. So you talked about Salesforce Flow, right? And when I first heard about Flow, I was super excited. I took the trailheads a little more complicated than I guess I had in my head when I thought I was going to learn about it. And wow, it's going to replace triggers and it's going to be like admins doing dev. Um, what are your thoughts on Salesforce Flow and where is it going and which, how would you go about learning it? Yeah, so I, I love it. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm really happy that they're kind of consolidating onto one piece of automation, you know, from the declarative side. Um, Flow honestly took me a long time to learn, um, a lot longer than I want to, you know, would like to admit. Uh, even, you know, something like that's simple to me now, like doing a loop and a couple of assignments. So, so doing something like, uh, firing off uh, an automated opportunity renewal and taking the products from the original and adding them to this, to the renewal, like something like that. Like I really struggled with learning how to do that. Um, I had somebody on my team that was really good with it, taught me how to do it. And I thought I got the concepts, but until I physically got in there and just started doing it myself and then running into a true roadblock and showing somebody and them saying, okay, you need to change this, this here and, and do it this way. That's how I, that's just how I learn best. Other people, it might be videos, might be the trailheads. But for me, until I get my hands into something, that's the best way I learn. Right, 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 right. I mean, the trailhead makes it seem fairly simple, but I think when you get out there in the wild, it could be stumping pretty quick. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Um, it's also not going to teach you, like, some things it's like, naming conventions for the different, you know, your variables, you know, just right. simple things like adding a description to why you're going to get these records, you know. Right, right, just, right. Yeah. I look forward to that uh, Salesforce flow evolving. And, and I think um, it's definitely the way of the future. Um, it's maybe I'm not bright enough to fully comprehend it yet. Um, and I'm not getting any smarter any soon. So maybe the technology will catch up to me. Things get easier over time, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, the UI enhancements, you know, you looked at what a, a flow looked like, you know, a year and a half ago to yeah. just UI now, it's night and day. Yeah. That in itself to me makes it a little bit more approachable to folks and a little bit easier to learn. Yeah. Uh, well, very good, Aaron. So it's been great chatting with you. I want to hear... In my last question, what are your hopes and dreams for 2022? Is that the year? Yeah, it's 20, 2022. Uh, it's hard to believe that year 2000 was 22 years ago. If you remember the Y2K bug, yeah. Um, what what do you see happening? What are you excited about? What what gets you out of bed in the morning, looking ahead for the year? Uh, I love working and learning new things. So you know, getting into different. Uh, projects that I've made, you know, maybe different Salesforce products that I haven't touched before. So I have uh, my first health cloud project coming up. So things like right. that really motivate me. I love learning. Um, 
so that that kind of always keeps me going you know being able to grow the business see the evolve the like evolvement if this is a word of you know my customers of what i did for you know started doing for them four years ago to what i'm doing for them now like i right. love seeing that and, and how their companies have grown become more efficient gotten more value out of their technology spends those are things I love. I love teaching. That's part of the reason I do the user group. I feel really lucky that I was able to make that career pivot. So it's one of the ways I like to try and give back to folks. So I love being able to teach people. I have a blog on reports and dashboards that I love to do. So being able to kind of give something back to folks and hopefully help somebody, somebody else. Right. That's fantastic, Aaron. And uh, if anyone wants to look into Northeast Dreaming, what should they do? Go right to the website, northeastdreaming.com. Dream it, no, no G. No, no G. Right. And, and what week is that again? It is April 28th, 29th, 2022 in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. So baseball season would have begun by then. Who's who's going to win the World Series? We've got to go with the Red Sox. Okay. I, it is going to be the Sox, but you've got the wrong color. It will be the Chicago White Sox. All right, Aaron. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been great seeing you. You too. Thanks a lot, John. Take care, bro. Bye.